Hello and welcome to the Autism News Network podcast. This is part two of the coronavirus update on the Autism News Network. I'm here today with Dr. Amanda Evelyn, who is a nurse practitioner at the Medical University of South Carolina. My name is Dr. Frampton Gwinnett, and I am a psychiatrist here at the Medical University of South Carolina. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Gwinnett, that's D-R-G-W-Y-N-E-T-T-E, and on Instagram with the same handle. We're here today to talk about the rapidly evolving coronavirus epidemic. Um, Dr. Evelyn, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I was really looking forward to doing this podcast. Yeah, we've been talking quite a bit about the coronavirus infection. And um, are you kind of surprised by how fast this thing has gained traction across the globe? Yeah, I think a lot of people are. I mean, over a couple days, we've increased the number of cases in the U.S. like crazy. I know um, on Friday, um, we had no cases in South Carolina. And I think today we have like almost seven, correct? Yeah. That's yeah. right. I recorded Friday at like five o'clock and we had yeah. zero. Yeah. So in four days, yeah, we've seen seven. Um, and we did have an MUSC employee that was diagnosed who has not been back to work, mm-hmm. but that was announced by our university, mm-hmm. I think on Saturday, right? I think Friday night. Or Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's hitting very close to home for us here in Charleston, South Carolina, and also for people all over the country and mm-hmm. all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and have you seen things start to change in your everyday life in terms of how people are reacting to the to the news? I haven't seen a lot of significant change in Charleston. I know um, people are more mindful of hand sanitizing and infection control yeah. and things like that. But day-to-day life, you know, there hasn't been any major changes. People are still going to the grocery store here, yeah. going to church, they're going to work. Schools are still functioning. Exactly. Um, the traffic's still the same. Yeah, yeah. but we haven't had a, a major, major outbreak here yet. I know in yeah. New York they've had a major outbreak in L.A. and Seattle. Yep. And I know Seattle, they're making a lot of people work from home. I, I heard University of Washington is making all their students um, yep. you know, do school online right now. Exactly. So it hasn't been that bad in South Carolina yet. Hopefully it doesn't get that bad. That's right. There's been 29 deaths in the United States and 23 of them have been Washington State. And there's been four states. I believe it's uh, California, Washington, New York, and Maryland that have mm-hmm. called states of emergency. Mm-hmm. So... It's, it's getting pretty scary out there. Um, the worldwide numbers really are, they're going up so fast it's hard to even keep track. But mm-hmm. um, as of today, there's 118,000 infections worldwide. Mm-hmm. And then we've seen, of course, China being the number one um, country for most infections. And then in the last several days, Italy has vaulted into the number two spot. Mm-hmm. We've seen 10,000 total cases in Italy and 631 deaths there. And that's just been in the last couple weeks, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, now you heard that Italy's locked down the entire country. Yeah, it was originally just going to be northern Italy that they were going to lock down, and yeah. people were going to get fines if they didn't fall through with the lockdown and kick it up to three months in jail. Yeah. But now they've moved it to the whole country. Yeah, and now you had heard about somebody who was on Snapchat still traveling through Italy as we speak. Is that right? Yeah, I still have, you know, people that are still traveling all over the world. Yeah. Some people aren't as concerned about it. Yeah, and that's the thing is that stepping on a plane or traveling through one of these you know, epidemic areas is definitely high risk. But now mm-hmm. it's kind of changing because now the United States might be one of those places right. where we live. Right. So it's pretty pretty hectic. Um but, you know, the travel is definitely down. Um, United Airlines released a statement today that 
passengers are down by 70% now. So you just think about that. There's 10 seats on a plane, yeah. 70 are, are empty. Yeah. You know, um, which is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. um, do you know anybody who's canceled trips or canceled conferences? Um, not that I know of at this moment. Do yeah. you know of anybody that's been canceling? Well, I think people are in general canceling meetings and conferences, yeah. but I've been paying particular attention to the medical conferences that are getting mm -hmm. canceled, and we know just in the last day or two there's been at least 13 major meetings in the medical field that have been canceled some of the big ones are like the american academy of dermatology american college of cardiology mm -hmm. um the endocrine society um the european heart rhythm association so all over the world doctors are canceling their conferences you know mm -hmm. which is a pretty big deal because usually the medical community is not one to panic mm -hmm. you know and they're basing it on the the, the data yeah, and that says a lot that the medical community is taking it really, really seriously. Yeah. Do you know what the top um, physicians and doctors are recommending to the public regarding this? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is to... The preventative hand washing is huge. Yeah. Try not to touch your face. Um, we know that this virus lives on a surface for at least nine hours. Um, it seems to be you know, really spreading like wildfire, and I guess that's definitely bad news the the good news is that it's the lethality is not as high as i think we feared initially mm -hmm. but according to the number of um cases that the cdc has put out you know in terms of the active cases versus the deaths mm -hmm. it's about 6.5 percent which is pretty scary mm -hmm. um we still don't have a true lethality rate you know and i think one factor is that people can have the virus and be asymptomatic you know, say a young person who gets it's perfectly healthy, they can spread it all around but not really be affected. I think that's why we're seeing just the amazing number of countries um, that have it because over 90 countries, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, How is this different from the flu? Because I know some people are comparing it to the flu. How is this different from that? Sure. So the flu, I think, number one, is certainly... Uh, it's not just one pathogen. It might be, you know, multiple different viruses. You know, so every year, with the vaccine, they come up with the top, you know, few uh, viruses that are likely to cause seasonal flu, and then they vaccine against those. This one, it's like a very specific known pathogen, which apparently is new as of 2019. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested to know if they actually found it in 2019, or, and, and it was born in 2019, or if it's been around longer and we're just now finding mm -hmm. it. Because the way this thing is spreading, um, you know, like it or not, just about everyone in the world will be will probably end up getting it. You know, most people are going to do fine, but there'll be a subset that doesn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. Which kind of people are the most at risk for this disease? Or yeah, I mean, the, I think the scary thing is if you get into your seventies, you know, the the death rates are going up to like nine percent. Mm -hmm. If you're over 80, 80 or over, it's fourteen percent. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the cases and deaths we're seeing are in yeah. the elderly. Well, I've noticed something interesting. I don't know what the most up-to-date um, data is today, but they're saying that they haven't had any death rates in kids under nine. And kind of scientists are kind of baffled that children are kind of resistant to this. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. And did you hear any reasons why they that might be occurring? Because I haven't. I haven't heard anything yet either, but it's, it's something that's definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, and I guess the short story is probably that kids immune systems are stronger like mm -hmm. if a kid 
you know, has a cut or if they break their leg, they heal so much faster versus adults. Mm -hmm. So it might be they have a more, more robust immune system. Um, I think that'll be tested in like newborns and infants, you know, where their immune systems are still developing. Um, but yeah, looking at the um, at the death rates worldwide, it's about 6.6% worldwide, mm -hmm. so across the board. When you look at the number of deaths versus number of people recovered, um, and the seasonal flu, the lethality rate is approximately 0.1%. So you're seeing that right now, this virus, according to current calculations, is about 50 to 60 times more deadly than a seasonal flu. Yeah, so, so it's a lot more serious. Yeah, so there's definitely reason to be concerned. You know, hopefully people aren't going to be panicking. Have you heard about anything with hand sanitizer on eBay and grocery stores selling out? Well, my grocery store hasn't sold out yet, yeah. so I don't think anyone's quite panicking where we live. Um, yeah. But have you heard stories like that? Um, I mean, I just heard people selling hand sanitizer for $70 on eBay. Oh and other, other people are trying to do a life hack, you know, making their yeah. own hand sanitizer kind of profiting off the yeah. virus yeah some of the yeah. gouging yeah um and that kind of leads us to some of the economic impact um you've been watching the stock market i have yeah and i know you're the economics expert from <laughs> undergrad so. well not really you know i i studied business in college but have, do you feel any poorer in the last week you know have you seen a dent in your 401k or anything well, like that? Or? Yeah, my, hus my husband checked our retirement and he was saying <laughs> it's a little bit less from December when he had last seen it. Yeah, probably slightly. It, it, well, yeah, what about you? The same thing. Where, yeah. you know, basically the stock market is down at pretty unprecedented levels in a very short amount of time. Yeah. So uh, yesterday it was down almost 7%, mm -hmm. went down 2,000 points in one day. Um, and so we're seeing not only the stock market crash, but also oil crash yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, for a variety of reasons, but you know, oil going down, cheaper gas should be good for everybody. But when you look at the market and stuff, everyone's really panicking about that. Yeah, so. I heard they halted trading for 15 minutes mm -hmm. yesterday. Yeah, and a lot of that is the psychology of the market, you know, which is interesting to us. Mm -hmm. um, but then the market came back a thousand points today. So, so it's very volatile, not yeah. only in the medical world with the virus, but also in the economic world. Um, just some other uh, data points. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit to the audience about um, our CDC in the United States because they are the official counter of um, the number of cases, the number of deaths. Mm -hmm. um, but it lags behind other sources. Like there's the Johns Hopkins University um, online dashboard that I definitely recommend people looking at. Um, and then the CDC may lag 24 to 48 hours in terms of what Johns Hopkins is reporting. But the CDC has to be like absolutely sure that all cases are confirmed before they report. Mm -hmm. So I've been looking at kind of a hybrid of the CDC, which is really like the horse's mouth versus Johns Hopkins, which is an excellent like up to the hour you know, data, uh, database. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of confusing information out there. So those two sources I think are good. Um, where are you getting your information from these days? Like in terms of the coronavirus? I've been watching a lot of the news and getting it mostly off of that. Yeah. I'm just getting what the updates of what other places in the world are doing to manage it. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, and I've heard like WebMD can be helpful. That's a good site. 
I would def- definitely recommend to the audience um, if you can lean more medical towards your source of information, you know, a place that's not a website that's not set up necessarily to sell advertising okay. or get uh, get a lot of eyeballs on there. Um, yeah, sometimes. Do you, do you get the sense that news anchors and stuff are like creating a sensation, or are they like they're really calm on the air? Um, I mean, I think it, it it varies, but I think when it comes to medical outbreaks like this, I think it's important that you know, society and politicians listen to the medical professionals because they're the experts in the field. Yeah, exactly. We've had a couple of, um, I guess, practice runs here in South Carolina with, you know, potential, you know, disasters, like with when hurricanes come through. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like it compares? Like when we had a evacuation in the fall, right, Mm -hmm. of 2019, Mm -hmm. and you saw the people, the gas lines and people getting out of town. Do you feel like the general public is more calm about the hurricane or more calm about coronavirus just here in Charleston? I mean, I think it depends on which part of the country it is. I mean, we haven't seen an extreme hit in Charleston yet. Yeah. So we we don't know. Um, It's hard to compare. Yeah, it's kind of untested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, we were also talking about large gatherings and um, you had heard something about schools, right? Yeah, I know more universities are mo- moving to having their students um, do online school. I think Harvard is moving to that, as, as well as Princeton, having their students do schooling online for now. Yeah, and um, there are also uh, schools out west, I think mm-hmm. Stanford and mm-hmm. Washington, and they're just trying to break up those large gatherings of people to try to prevent the transmission. Um of the virus and what are your personal thoughts on like as of today you know March 10th going to big crowded places like churches and are you reconsidering right now yeah I mean I think I'm a little bit more reserved because you know we've seen an increase in cases in South Carolina and all over the country yeah um, so it's only going to increase so I mean I do feel a little bit more concerned about being in large gatherings yeah where you could be exposed to possibly something yeah you have a higher chance of that exactly um how long do you if you had to guess how long do you think this will when do you think the peak of this thing will be given the weather and yeah i'm not sure i mean i I don't think it's over i think it's just beginning Mm -hmm. yeah we've we've seen that over the last like week yeah exactly um um, if I hadn't mentioned it earlier, we've got 800 cases in the U.S. now, which is pretty mind-boggling mm-hmm. considering where we were a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think for our audience, as we wrap up here, we just want to remind everybody um, to get the best information you can, not to panic, of course, but definitely um, be mindful about washing your hands. Um, hand sanitizer is good. I, don't, I personally don't use that because it's so drying, but you know, there's nothing better really than washing your hands for 20 seconds with soap and water. Um, but we can't always do that. So certainly hand sanitizer and then, you know, disinfecting things like keyboards or desktops, doorknobs, elevator buttons, our phone screens, everything. Um, and then hope for the best. And certainly if you're medically compromised or and or elderly, you know, really consider isolation precautions so you're not exposed to big crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
Well, very good. Well, Dr. Evelyn, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. On this second second special episode of the Autism News Network podcast. Again, you can follow me at Dr. Gwinnett. That's D-R-G-W-Y-N-E-T-T-E. And please check out our website. It's theautismnewsnetwork.com. We have just an awesome, dedicated group of um, individuals with autism who help our station and our website go. Um, did you want to give a shout out to any of our Autism News Network members? I'll give a shout out to all of them. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Keep up the great work, guys. We will see you Thursday for the Autism News Network um, in-group session, and we will drop another podcast here on Friday um, with Ben. And he is a 35-year-old male with autism who does autism research here at MUSC, and he was um, generous enough to come in and share his story with us. So please stay tuned for that dropping this Friday. Until next time, thanks so much.